0: Right, hello and welcome to another episode of Seeing Red on this January 26th, is that about right? January 26th, 2019, Uh, a sunny, gorgeous Saturday in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Uh, Happy All-Star break, hope it's nice and uh, restful for you all. We got all sorts of good stuff for you as we do every week, Uh, and I'll go through the starting lineup. Starting at Left Side Couch, (laughs) he is... Uh, dressed kind of bafflingly in Oilers colors today. Uh, can't eat wheat, but is in fact bringing the heat. Matt Goob, do you care to explain yourself a little bit?
1: Uh, I sur- I'm sure our listeners have known. Peter Shirelli uh, was removed from his duties in Edmonton yep. after a unprecedented string of well, baffling well deserved, dude, baffling, say, baffling yeah. moves, Yeah, but uh, I was also just cleaning out my closet and I've bought this Oilers shirt at value village thinking that I would like burn it as like a gag or like mm-hmm. a Halloween costume or like bizarro day or right. You know, like in elementary school, you had like inside out day, you got to wear your clothes inside out. Like <laughs> in, instead of that, wearing an oiler's jersey, like that'd be funny. Yeah. Right? Anyways, just kind of wanted to rub it in Oilers fans' faces. That See,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm glad you uh, – sorry to cut you off, but I'm glad you went there because I've always wondered that I, – I myself am a, somewhat of a collector of stupid sports shirts. Uh, I have a Ryan Fitzpatrick Bills, uh, Lamar Miller Dolphins, like all sorts of stuff, all sorts of good shit. Uh, Roman Horak Flames is one of my, <laughs> my treasures. Uh, so I've always wondered, you know, walking into, like, Jersey City or whatever, they always, like, discount, you know, guys who, like, leave because right. they have to get rid of the product. So one day I saw, like, uh, a Sheldon Surrey Oilers jersey <laughs> – and I was like, you know what? This is kind of fucking hilarious. Right? right. But like I should I should buy this and wear it to a game being like, ha, remember Sheldon Surrey? Yeah. Yeah, people don't forget. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I
1: think this cost me three dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. And it's one of those things where at five dollars and fifty cents, <laughs> like, eh, is it that funny? But the price was like just right. The price is right. Right under the threshold. Love it. And uh, just made me think of like the the dust off your review mirrors, Flames fans, the McDaddy, the McJesus dynasty is just beginning and how they actually are just just as bad as they were before.
0: Love it. So uh, go Flames. <laughs> go Flames. Go Sam Bennett. Uh, the other boy in the band making the magic happen, pushing the buttons. Uh, I don't have a producer rapper for you on deck. Sorry, I was busy doing something else. The
2: Dick Wolf to your law and order. Nice. There
0: you go. <laughs> wow. The Dick Wolf to my law and order. Cody Dickinson. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Oh, you know. Yeah, feeling good?
2: <laughs> yeah, I love watching the Oilers be terrible. Oh, right? Very fulfilling. It's it's one of my favorite pastimes, just Truly. watching
0: them be shit. Man, uh, I am i don't know if you guys are following the uh, Seeing Red podcast Instagram, but uh, I did a hashtag 10-year challenge in the wake of many hashtag 10-year challenges. And the fact that the Edmonton Oilers, despite having top 10 picks and nine of the last 10 drafts, are still 11th place in the Western Conference. right man if that's not having like you know if you're not spinning your tires there like i don't know what is like it is
1: like weirdly satisfying like the flames game ends like another 4-1 like great like whatever great game mm-hmm. then you switch from Sportsnet flames to Sportsnet west yeah and like oilers losing 6-1 to vegas yeah you can get catch the last like 10 minutes of that like, yeah oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now i'm ready for bed. it doesn't get better yeah, yeah. for just real sleep like a baby knowing that they're so bad and we're so good
0: hell yeah and we're going to tell you how good we are with uh, the flagship program of of this podcast, still up for naming rights. <laughs> bafflingly, uh, Ruslan, Lawnsley of the Land. I think we've cemented like this is this is what it's called now. I, I like it. it. It has no flames tie whatsoever, <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't have to. I'm into it.
1: Skate of the Union got absolutely nothing. <laughs> not a single laugh. Not a smirk. So. Right.
0: okay. So Matt Goob, fill us in.
1: Well, because it's the All Star break last week, we only played one game. And it was uh, a 3-2 overtime victory against the Hurricanes. It's kind of a weird game. I don't know if we brought our best, but Riddich played really well. Yep. And uh, we let in a goal of 45 seconds left to tie it up, kind of like deflating. But then 15 seconds in overtime, back in scores. Yeah,
0: yeah. Love that. So then
1: uh, we're on all-star break now. And then this week, we start on the road Friday at Washington. Tough game, mm-hmm. and then Sunday at Hurricanes to yep. kind of a rematch, I guess, but in their barn this time. So hopefully we can, you know, win the Dougie Hamilton Bowl once again.
0: That'd be great, back to back Dougie Hamilton Bowl champs. Let's go. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just to get everyone some uh, some context here. We obviously just watched the uh, condensed game just to jog our memories. Uh, anything that stick out for you uh, in that Canes game? Uh. Obviously, the slow start was another thing. Got really heavily outshot in the first period.
1: But, yeah, uh, throughout the game.
0: Throughout the rest of it, right? I feel like it was like
1: like a Flames of five years ago. Remember, we got outshot just every game, but it was like their low percentage from the board shot. So for some reason, we were okay with losing 40 to 25 on the shot clock every game. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed the... Overall trend of this year of how the Flames have carried the play, carried the shots, carried the scoring chances. Yep. So I guess my takeaway would be like I hope that this was just like a weird anomaly before the All Star break, right? That we get back to carrying the puck, carrying the scoring chances. Yeah. Going and, forward. and the
0: Canes are no pushovers. They're they're actually a fancy stats darling, even though you know their uh, place in the standings wouldn't necessarily suggest yeah. that, but. You know, that's, that's a tough team, and they're probably fired up with Dougie coming back to California. Totally, so. yeah. Uh, it's good to see them uh, walk out with a win. One thing that inspired some confidence is your boy, James Neal. Looked All over dangerous. the ice. Yeah, uh, again, we just watched the tape, so it's pretty fresh in our memory. But James Neal had, like, four good-ass scoring chances and, right? uh, and was really driving playoffs. I thought he skated really well. Like- yeah, yeah, that one was some burst. That, showed some fight,
1: and that's been like among all other things. Like at the start of the year, he looked really slow and behind the play, mm-hmm. and all the apologists. Like at the time, I was you know sh- shitting on him just as much as anyone else. Right, like oh, he's played a lot of hockey. He's gone back to back finals. Like he's yeah, tired brand. or worn out or whatever. But right, I thought he showed out. some jump in again, the hur- like, Hurricanes game, and uh, that that's a positive. Development for James that I hope he uh, can carry forward after the All-Star break as well.
0: Definitely. So James Neal finding his stride a little bit. Uh, Michael Backlund's a stud. What else can you say?
1: Yeah. Uh, The uh, three-on-three, first three-on-three, Backlund, Brody, Lindholm. Kind of a unique trio, hey?
0: I'm kind of into it.
1: Me me too. That's a fast. Those are... Three fat. dudes who could move, yeah. for sure.
0: And also three dudes who were very responsible defensively.
1: Yeah, true. Right? We totally. were talking
0: about how we want uh, fucking Elias Lindholm for the uh, Selkie Trophy. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a great two to have on the ice. Uh, and, and Michael Backlund is, is a rock.
1: So, so do we assume we didn't get to the second unit because Backlund scored right away? Mm-hmm. So Monaghan, Gaudreau, Giordano yeah. as unit two. Like, man, that's pretty a one-two punch.
0: Not not bad, right? Even if, like, and this team is pretty deep. Like, you could even go even deeper into the bag and pull out, like, a Frolic Jankowski and then throw in maybe Hannafin or Hamannick out there, right? Yeah. Like, they, they don't even have to, like, roll exclusively just those two units. There's there's lots of weapons Oh, built. totally, yeah. yeah. So uh, so overtime is obviously very kind to the Flames. So that's that's great. Totally. Um like we mentioned it was it was a it was a short week. There's not a lot to unpack here. Is there anything else uh while we're on Ruslan's lay of the land here? Uh I just wanted to
1: comment on how the Flames has like really opened up a gap in the standings.
0: Yeah, that's I, that feels I good. I feel like
1: for the last month it's kind of been like four points ahead. But as soon as you get like a three game road trip and you're saying whatever, someone gets hurt, blah blah blah. Like mm-hmm. but now I think we're like eight points in first place in the Pacific.
0: I think I saw six points up on San Jose with a game in hand. With a game in hand, like yeah
1: that's like pretty decisive for real this late in the season. Like that's a good lead. Number one in the division. Like we're in the driver's seat for sure.
0: Dude, if you don't shit down your leg, you're probably looking at home ice, right? Is that crazy or what?
1: I know wild.
0: And, uh, atypical to Flames teams of yesteryear. I know there was like a little era where we called the Dome a fortress and then they, for whatever reason, hated playing at home and and always seemed to drop games. Because the Dome sucks. That's part of it. (laughs) No doubt. Uh, Also, I believe there's a lot of distractions in this town when you're, uh, you know, a young hockey player with a lot of money. Uh, But that's neither here nor there nor anywhere so uh the flames are good at home again which is really great and uh knowing that you have a distinct advantage also this this town and i know i'm not speaking out of turn here because i am one of those flames fans we're extremely fickle yeah when you're playing well we love you to bits right we're gonna go there we're gonna cheer we're gonna buy a ton of beer we're gonna be you know involved Ten fifty beers uh, (laughs) Ten fifty beers i will i will Drain my bank account dry on 1050 beers if you're good. If you're terrible, I will sit there and I will pout and I will probably boo you maybe a little bit. Just if,
1: get super drunk beforehand. Yes,
0: exactly. And then I'll go there. I might even smuggle in a a beer or two out of spite. Fuck you guys. Yeah. You know?
1: Put a winner on the ice. Or Yeah.
0: And then, I'll, and then I'll buy some beers. But until then, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be these lucky loggers. That's what's up. So uh, it's nice that they have home ice to look forward to. Totally. And uh, they have a a fan base that's behind them right now. All the wind is in their sails. They're absolutely in the driver's seat. There's no real threats to the Pacific, I don't think. You know? Like, obviously, the Sharks are pretty good. Vegas is Vegas,
1: right? Yeah. Both teams, I think, are good, not great. I agree with that. The Sharks, I, like the Carlson, he's had a coming on, right? slow star, but he's like playing yeah. really well now. He's yeah, back yeah. to old Eric Carlson. But their goaltending is still kind of weird. Eh, yeah. So it's like if Martin Jones catches fire, then yeah, the Sharks get really dangerous. Mm-hmm. But like if they keep not really knowing who their number one is, like yeah. do we re-sign Jones? Do we give Aaron Dell a shot? Do we trade for whatever? Like I kind of think that in the back of your mind has really uh hampered other teams mm-hmm. going through the playoffs. So I'm kinda like if I was a Sharks fan, I'd be nervous. Right. And then the Knights, same thing, right? They're very young defensively. Yeah. patcheretti hasn't really... I don't know. Is
0: Alex, does Alex Tuck scare you?
1: Yeah, Alex Tuck is a guy that is scoring like crazy right now. Yeah. But you're like, if we get to the playoffs, am I really worried about Alex Tuck? Like, not that
0: much. I don't know. Yeah, his name is like not sexy enough yet where I'm like, oh man, if Alex yeah. Tuck comes to town, you know, he might have a big series. I'm not... This is not me shitting on Alex Tuck, to be fair. It's just... It's not like you know we're playing like the Jets or something. Right? Totally in the in the first round or or whatever, uh, or six times if they're in our division. Uh, yeah, good good time to be. A not that team. worried. Yeah, yeah, not that shook. Uh, I'm gonna knock on some wood for both of us okay. just in case you know because uh, they are still the Flames. That always is lingering in the back of my mind. But the again, Joe the just knocked on his
1: in. crotch for anyone nice. listening.
0: All right, we'll leave it there. Okay, uh, when we come back after the break, inspired by the All-Star break, we have uh, a little fun interactive thing that uh, we think you guys will get a kick out of. Hey, Matt, I just got this new Instagram thing, but it's nothing but bad memes and girls selling teeth whitening kits. Where's all the Flames content?
1: Glad you asked, Joe. You should check out the Seeing Red Instagram account.
0: Hmm, Seeing Red Instagram account? I'm unfamiliar. What is that?
1: It's full of flames content, interactive polls, and funny jokes about us.
0: Wow, that sounds great. I'm happy to follow, but only on the caveat that you don't unfollow me back 10 minutes later.
1: Sounds great, Joe. You can find us on Instagram at Seeing Red Podcast, and we're also on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts.
0: And we're back. All right, so inspired by the All-Star break, I thought... uh, you know, we could do a little skills competition, exhibition thing of our own. Thumb uh, wrestling tournament. That w- doesn't lend itself well to audio, so <laughs> I to something else. Uh, so we, I, I, I made a little graphic. I'm sure you're familiar with them. They're always floating around the internet. It's basically uh, a salary cap where you have to pick players uh, on like a dream lineup. It's very common in basketball.
1: Uh, you so have X dollars. Each X
0: dollars. Each player is assigned a right. value and you have to be under the cap and feel the best team possible. Uh, we will tweet out that graphic later on. By
1: today. the time you listen to this. You'll, have, be, you'll have for sure yeah. seen
0: it if you're following along on the Seeing Red podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so while I was conceiving this thing, I didn't want to obviously put a bunch of, you know, Lanny, Jim Poplinski, shit like that, especially because we are like younger dudes, right? Sure. Uh, I, I've always resented the fact that guys would be like, yo, man, Gary Souter was so fucking good. I'm like, dude, you're 22. There's zero chance you watched Gary Suter. <laughs> okay. Uh, so these are all dudes from our eras. I cut it off at 98, 99 being 20 years ago. So sure. all these dudes are guys that we were probably like old enough to remember at least a little bit. Right? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start off. I'll list off my team. Uh, do you so want to me-
1: list the teams? All, we go around the table and then talk. Or do you want me to crucify your stupid team now and then say mine?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. After that, definitely everyone's shares first and then we'll all go at each other after. Okay. Uh, so my shitty team, I'll come up with a name pretty quick here, I hope. Uh, Theo Fleury, Johnny Goudreau, Craig Conroy, Mark Giordano, Phil Housley, and Fred Brathwaite. The overall theme of my team is small and skilled, <laughs> <laughs> right? Obviously with Flurry and Goudreau, they are—and uh, for, for context— all the players that you're taking on this graphic are them in their prime. So, like in his prime, Flurry was fucking tight. Johnny Gaudreau right. is in it right now. We're witnessing it. He's excellent. Craig Conroy, his prime, not particularly high. <laughs> Good guy. Inexpensive.
1: Good locker room Blue guy. Dude, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, he's not gonna have to score too too much with Gaudreau and Flurry out there. Giordano, a rock, Phil Housley, great offensive defenseman, Hall of Famer. What else can you say there? Fred Brathwaite, just a feel-good story. You know? You just love him. <laughs> When I saw that he was 5'7 and played goalie, I was like, yeah, absolutely.
1: Didn't he go win, like, the Turkish Vezina or something?
0: (laughs) Uh, I think he, like, had a good
1: season in, like,
2: a second-tier European league.
0: Well, that would not shock me one bit. Never forget
2: that one save that he had when he let it squeak through the five-hole, and then he came around
0: with the the stick
2: and knocked it off the goal line. I remember we traded him or cut him or something— To get, make
1: room for, I think, for Roman Turek. I think we traded him to the Blues for Turek. Did we?
0: That would, that would check out.
1: And then Turek had like a shitty game, and a reporter was like, Don't, do you miss Fred Brathwaite? And I think Craig Button was just like, Freddy who? Fred who? I don't know who you're
0: talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. I'm, I will not acknowledge this trade you're referring to.
0: Jeez Louise. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's my team.
1: Okay. Uh, I have zero overlap with your team. Interesting. So on left wing, I have Matt Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Center, I have of Damon Lanco. Right wing, I have Jerome McGinley. Yep. On defense, I have TJ Brody and Jay Bomeester. Wow, inexpensive and on D. In, in uh, the cage, I got Mike Vernon.
0: Okay, great. Uh, pretty decent team. Very uninspiring. Love Matt Kachuk and J.I. That's going to be really tough to play against. Totally,
1: right? Yeah. I, uh, I guess instead of small, I just went with... Uh, yeah, like power, puck control, like yeah. Iggy in his prime. Like These
0: are prototypical Calgary Flames forwards. Yeah, like yeah.
1: 2002 young, yoked Iggy would yeah. just like go in the corner, punch you in the head, take the puck, and then go score. Like mm-hmm. I just loved, even before the cup run, man, when he was like just the quintessential power forward. To be
0: fair, I, I did want to go a little contrarian because I thought there might be some overlap, and I'm glad that uh, this yeah. worked out. Okay, Cody, you're up.
2: All right, I went with more guys that I think are, no, well... <laughs> I guess, except for my demon and my goalie, but guys that are more secondary guys that can still score a shit ton. Mm-hmm. So I went, I, at my wings, I got Camilleri, Yeah, wow. home. Yep. Nice. Up the middle, I got Backland. Yep. On D, I got Geo. And because I had $1 <laughs> left, I, I went Rhett Warner. Oh, I think yeah, nice. was that that was a pairing him. at one point, I think. Did you
0: <laughs> and Warner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got the chemistry there. Nice. Yeah. Chestnut checkers. I see you.
2: And then uh, backing it up, I had Kipper.
0: Nice. Okay, he's great. Kipper. Yeah. Uh, love that team, actually. Uh, I, I To be honest, I actually think that's the best team of the three. The, there's like some actual legitimate synergy there. Yeah. Uh, which is great.
1: Lindholm's a good pick. What well, yeah. was he, like, four bucks? But he's, like... Lindholm was $2. $2, yeah. man. That, that's a good value buy. He's really good. Which Lindholm, is a fucking steal.
0: Yeah. And, like... Lindholm backland, Camillary, like, that's a good-ass line.
1: Is it first stint Camillary or second stint Camillary? P.
0: Camilleri. You take, which, yeah. which
2: Which one, though? First, first stint. First stint. Where he I had 82 think. points in 81 games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. think he had, like, wow.
0: 40 goals, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, just sniping. Sniping away.
2: And then we let him walk because we wanted to sign... Ole Jokinen. <laughs>
0: and <then> we <laughs> traded for him
2: <laughs> mid
0: game. Dude, wow. What a ride. I think you and I were in Lethbridge at the time when we traded back for Camillary, which is wild. Oh, I
1: game. thought you were talking about traded back for Jokinen. We signed Jokinen,
2: right? We traded no, him we away. Traded,
0: we acquired Jokinen as a deadline acquisition from Phoenix, where we sent Brandon yeah. Prust. We traded Brandon Prust twice, actually. Oh, man. Because we, yeah. we
2: traded him to Phoenix and then he and then, signed again and then we traded him to New York
0: was in New York. I thought we traded him to Montreal for Camillary.
2: Was that it? That sounds right.
0: It's like Brandon Pruss, Rene Bork, and like a pick for Camillary. Who
2: did we did we trade Jokinen to New York?
0: Uh, yeah. We traded Jokinen yes. somewhere yes. and yes, then re
1: signed Jokinen because yep. I remember like it was like, ha ha ha, like twitter's a brand new thing this must be like a joke account <laughs> no like we literally signed Oli in for like
2: four years
0: dude Yokin and tangay and Camillary, like we love bringing dudes back conroy right Conroy, yeah yeah. like just unbelievable this organization man uh
1: yeah wow that is Cody, a lot of guys
0: uh, i'm in i know uh in pre-production we were talking a little bit about kiprasov do you still have uh his starts handy I do.
2: Okay. And this dude was a fucking workhorse. Yeah, man. without a doubt. So he came. We traded for him in o three o four. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. He played thirty eight games, one twenty four of them, with a nine o. What? Are, where are we? Nine thirty three save percentage. Wow. Good grief. And a one seventy goals against average.
0: Sorry. Do you want to just list off his starts? I I don't know if he gets enough love for this. Okay. This is so ridiculous. so yeah.
2: from 05 until. <laughs> From 05, 06 to 2011, 2012, he went 74, 74, (laughs) 76, 76, 73, 71, 70. Man. So I don't like the schedule changes. And I think we're going away from back
1: to backs. But like 76 starts. Like, holy shit. There must be like back to backs at
2: home where our coaching staff just said, just just go twice. Yeah. Crazy, man. And you want to know. uh, So. You're speaking on that. So he started 76 games in 08, 09. He won 45 of them. Just take take a guess how many how many games the Flames won that year. Take a guess. Uh,
0: 49. 46. Wow. Curtis
2: McIlhenny won one game.
0: <laughs> we did to chip in, buddy. That's. Man, no wonder he fucking hates it here. <laughs>
2: yeah, he won't come back.
0: <laughs> He's like, I I don't talk about Calgary, man. That was that was a long time ago. Was
1: he like a wasted like talent?
2: Like a, was Oh, he, yes. Uh, yes. Like he was the best goalie in the league for a while and yeah. we put nothing in front no of him. No question. Man. He didn't go under an a nine, a 0.9 save percentage until his last year here.
0: Do you know what's wild to think about is how much overlap where we had like Jerome McGill, who's like the best player and then a top five player, right? For The entirety of his career, basically. Yeah. And Kippersoft, who is a top five goalie, probably the best goalie in the NHL, and won nothing.
1: I think we were probably, if not the most hampered by the lockout, very close. Both in terms of our style of play became archaic immediately. Mm -hmm. The clutching, like we were the clutch and grab team, right? Robin Regeer, you'd chip it in, he would grab you, deposit you on the seat of your <laughs> pants and then go fetch the puck like 10 seconds after you touched it. Yeah, And that immediately became unallowed and Daryl Sutter wasn't the fastest to adapt. Yeah. As well as we were like a young team coming into our own in the cup run and like jo- Oleg Saprikin and and I'm thinking of, like, our defensemen, like, Commodore, Montador. Tony Lidman. Like, they all, like, left because of this lockout. And they signed elsewhere, went and played in Europe and never came back. Right. Like, I think we had a really good young team. And then it just, like, when you don't play for two years, then I think disappears. the story
0: of those, like, uh, mid-2000s, like, early 2010s flames is, is wasted talent, right? Because yeah. you had Dion who came on and scored 20 fucking goals as a rookie defenseman was up for the calder with, uh, I don't know if you heard of these guys, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then you had Regeer, you had j you had Geo, who's like obviously not what he is now, but it was still a pretty serviceable defenseman at the yeah. time. And you just couldn't figure out your forward core to save your life.
1: Well, it's funny. Like I picked Damon Lanco as my centerman. Not because I th- love Damon Lanco. Like mm-hmm. he was always our de facto number one center. Yeah, But for like 10 years, it was like, okay, we, we know... De- you're going up against Joe Thornton in I'm, the face-off circle. It's like, I don't I don't think these are the same.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because when building this list, it really made you realize how shitty some of these Flames teams were of yeah. yesterday.
1: And like the lines Iggy was stuck playing eighty-two games with. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, you know, we obviously like harp on the Flames for historically like not having great centermen. Yeah. You know, Al McInnes is second on the franchise assist leader league or assist leader list, and he is a defenseman who only played here for like eight years. So that should tell you how dire a center situation is. But man, right wing was a fucking dumpster fire. It was J.I. and Valerie Bure for two years. And that's it. Theo Furry just snuck in on a song in like 98, 99. But otherwise, that list of right wings is Jerome McGinley and Valerie Bure. And that's it. That's a stretch, right? Yeah. And then obviously, like, this is supposed to be the best players you have over the last 20 years. And like Damon Lankos a $3 player. Yeah, Right. true. You know? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It, there's some real real problems when it comes to the forward depth in this organization historically, but not anymore.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny how you get used to, like, oh, yeah, we have, like, kind of 1.5 top lines, a third line that, like, kills penalties, and then your fourth line you just try and, like, avoid playing. Yeah. Like, even two years ago when it's, like, Troy Brower, Matt Stagen and, like, a goon. Yeah. Like, Brian or what, like... Whoever there's no like uh, yeah like now you're looking at our roster now like why the hell did we trot this line out for like two years yeah when like our fourth line now is like Derek Ryan, Andrew Mangiapane, and Austin Dude, Zarnik like these are all real NHL. serviceable. Yeah.
0: Yeah you can get like eight to ten good ass minutes from those guys.
1: Yeah totally.
0: Yeah it's it's a very well constructed roster and it's taken a long time but man it's, it's about fucking time. See that's the difference between an organization that kind of learns from its mistakes. Totally. Versus one that is prone to making the same one. Uh, looking at you Edmonton. <laughs> uh yeah, don't they have Gretzky's brother running for Keith, shit right Keith now? Keith Gretzky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, man, it's going to be a long 10 years. Do you think you Peter Corelli gets a job without a doubt? Uh all <sighs> these it's it's the shittiest thing in pro sports that I've found and it goes across all leagues is once you're in, you're kind of fucking in. It's like being a senator, you know? Unless you just die on the bench. you just you're you're there. If you're a head coach, if you're a GM, if you have any pedigree whatsoever, Right, yeah. because Peter Shirelli was with the Boston Bruins probably by accident when they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. He will have a job until he does not want a job anymore.
1: I just can't, because we'll never know the truth. There are conflicting reports of whether Shirelli like, went rogue, like Lone Wolf, signing Koskinen into that like goofy extension, and some reports say it was an organizational decision. He had full support and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But like... Did It it seemed like he was desperately trying to save his job with the, like, Brandon Manning acquisition. Oh, for sure he was. Like, these really goofy trades and signings that he's trying to grasp at straws, right? And I feel like that on its own, if you're a team, like, you don't want a guy who, like, signs five-year contracts emotionally Mm -hmm. because he's nervous about his position, right? You want guys that are calculated and do what's best for the team.
0: Man, while I think the NHL is pretty progressive uh, in in its thinking, and obviously you know with the analytics and all that, it's going in the right direction. But I still think there's this this old way of thinking where it's like, okay, these guys played the game, right? How could you know anything, Matt? You know, did you ever play in the NHL?
1: Yeah, no, no,
0: you didn't, right? Okay, well, Peter Shirelli GMed you know the Boston Bruins to a Stanley Cup. If it's like Johnny, you know, statistics degree or Peter Shirelli in all caps, right? They're gonna go with him because they're like oh he's been there done that versus you know even a fresh set of, of eyes or a, a new way of thinking people people like what they already know you know they're afraid of, of shit that's new i guess and i, I think that's actually a, a tragic flaw amongst all sports and you you know to borrow a football reference like you look at sean mcveigh who is like 35 years old uh is handsome is young is smart runs a cool offense yeah right the proof's in the pudding there he's beating everybody he's now. in
1: the super bowl he's yeah. in the
0: fucking super bowl exactly Right, and now everyone wants a piece of Sean McVay. I don't know how the NHL is going to. What it's going to take for the NHL to start thinking that way, right? Right. Um,
1: I on. guess if you're Shirelli and you get an interview, you probably just say the Oilers are toxic. No one. You could have Scotty Bowman and like I don't know, name a great GM like Jesus or someone, <laughs> <laughs> and like even they couldn't win a cup on the Oilers, and like maybe there's some truth to that that like. Like, I think
0: anytime you see uh, a franchise that is dysfunctional for longer than 10 years, yeah. it goes all the way up. It goes up to, like, ownership. Totally. Right? It goes to, like, how how are they approaching it, you know? And uh, it all goes—it's trickle-down bad hiring and to the point where when you're on the ice, these are bad hires. Well, these are it's Bad like, players you got out there.
1: I'm not going to get this order right, but, like, Kevin Lowe is the GM— Got fired. Kevin
0: Lowe is not the GM.
1: He was, though, wasn't he not? Oh, yes, he was. And then got fired, but like, still is like, some sort of president of hockey operations. Craig McTavish was the coach, got fired, then got hired as the GM, like, got interim. fired, yeah. and then now is still also some like special advisor. Like, get rid of these fucking guys. Yeah. Like, I get keep it. Keep it all
0: in the family, right?
1: They, like, punched a few faces on one route to four cups in the 80s, but... Dude,
0: I know. And playing with Hall of Fame, like, the best, the cream of the crop, right? Yeah. Paul Coffey with Wayne Gretzky with Mark Messier. Like, you can throw Cody Dickinson, Joe Emmonsada, and Matt Goob out there, and we're probably going to, like, fall face first into a couple cups. Doesn't mean we know anything.
1: Right? If for no reason other than optics to show your fan base that, like, I'm not the only one who thinks that there's old boys club rot throughout the brain trust, right? mm mm-hmm. So if you clean house, maybe your fans are like, I'll give this team another shot. Because honestly, tons of Oiler fans that I know are like,
0: do you know, you know what I think is interesting? They're is giving up
1: on these guys.
0: The Flames kind of started to turn their whole uh, franchise around. And it's not me like, you know, talking on my soapbox, being like, ha you guys should do what the Flames did because they're so successful. I realize we haven't won anything yet, but it's right. kind of working. Right? Sure. Uh, they kind of got rid of the, their old family, which was the Sutters. Right. Yeah. Sutter sprinkled up and down the organization, down to, to the ice level. And right? like, we had uh, Brett Sutter out here. Right. And they're just like, nope, all of this is fucked. Get it all out of here.
1: It's too bad because I think Daryl Sutter was a good coach.
0: I think he was and is a good coach. He
1: was just a bad GM. Yeah. But you're right. We had Brett Sutter as a coach. We had Jim Playfair, who was Sutter's right hand man. Yeah. He was our coach for a while. It was it was very much like a systemic well, we can't have this guy. So we'll get Juan
0: Sutter who's like a scout or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's on the panel for Flames TV, I think. Yeah. Can't get them all.
0: You know what, man? If you want to put old dudes who are involved in the team on TV. Yeah. Analysts or whatever. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Right. Uh, Like even Kelly Rudy. He's like kind of annoying, but (laughs) he's are annoying. Okay, sure. I'll listen to you. Whatever, man.
1: But you're right. Like uh, we moved on from Sutter to Brian Burke, who I think is a very similar way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And Burke proved to not, I don't think, value the right things in he today's a NHL. He was successful, yeah. The uh, truculence.
0: Yeah. Pugnacity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it just, it doesn't work, right? It's mm-hmm. speed and skill these days. That's the way the NHL is. Yeah. And yes. you got to be willing to adapt to the way the game changes. And I think he he wasn't. Right. So I kind of agree that the Oilers aren't adapting properly and you you need to change something, right? Yeah. Fire Shirelli and put one of your old boys, Keith Gretzky, in charge in the interim. Like I think they need an overhaul.
0: It's funny because the senators are uh kind of also dumpster fiery, right? Obviously in the last yeah. in the last season and a half, they've had a million fallouts within that locker room. And so everyone's doing the whole like hashtag Melnick out. Right. I don't know how I haven't seen like a hashtag Kates out yet. But like, yeah. I feel like that's coming. They're gonna be like, "Yo, you gotta sell this fucking team." He You're
1: just the delivered them a brand new publicly funded arena. True. So like, true, that true, does true. get you some like, yeah. you get you got Ariana Grande coming like next month. So that's yeah. gotta buy some goodwill. You're not gonna go to oiler games. God,
0: man, that trickles down to the to the populace of that city. Like, I can't believe they let him like fucking bully him into buying him an arena. That's shitty. Yeah, that really sucks.
1: And bully is like the right. Remember. They had a meeting about a arena, and the city said, like, nope, we're not giving you money. And yeah. then they conspicuously were spotted flying to Seattle, like, the yeah. next day. Do you remember
0: that? Yeah. No, the, actually, the Flames, or, oh, the Oilers, you're talking. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and so I it was like, hashtag Seattle Oilers, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. The
0: Flames didn't take the bait when when Calgary Sports Entertainment tried to do that to, to Went to Houston, yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, man, fucking move the team. We don't care yeah I actually I don't even hate that so what are you gonna do you do you gonna move the team go play to Houston in front of 9,000 people
1: I as a, a Flames grip. fan I don't love that attitude of like fucking have the Flames like we don't care Dude, but I kind of I agree that we have like we're 8th in attendance and ninth in revenue or something like you'd be stupid to like not stay here I so. vaguely
0: remember being a kid and my dad being like or, or like seeing something when I was like maybe 9 or 10 about the Flames leaving when they were still shitty right. and he's like oh no don't worry they do this all the time <laughs> 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 oh, so they, they always yeah no don't no worries and uh it's funny that that is still even to this day uh, a thing that they do totally um one last thing I'll touch on this uh Oilers thing uh when I was perusing you know the players the rosters yeah uh Dallas Eakins actually played for the Calgary Flames in, no way yep in 2001 I want to say 2001 2002 wow those yep. were
1: some bad flames he
0: played, played three games for the Calgary Flames <laughs> so yeah shout out Dallas Eakins Uh, you got a raw deal man you played about 45 you coached about 45 games with a terrible team yeah and then he
1: was uh, Yakupov's rookie year is that right yeah around then yeah oh well not his fault
0: okay cool we're gonna put a pin in it and then we'll be back with uh, one final segment for you where we're gonna talk about the PHWA Mid-Season Awards Do you want your Twitter handles
1: shamelessly plugged on the Seeing Red podcast? Just tweet in any questions or comments to us at Red underscore pod. And don't forget to like and subscribe us on iTunes. All right. So uh, if, uh, if you guys aren't aware, the Professional Hockey Writers Association voted on midseason awards for all the major NHL trophies. And the Flames are actually, uh, we're we're in there.
0: Dude, that's very rare for us. I know in previous years, I'd see, you know, the NHL Awards come out or the Pro Hockey Association, and I'd be like, oh, don't need to read this. No no news in here for you, Joe. Not this year.
1: But uh, the Hart Trophy, I guess, first off the top, they have number one Nikita Kucherov, Number two, Johnny Gaudreau. Nice. And number three, Connor McDavid. Let's go. Like, those are three really good hockey players. Like, do you think Gaudreau has a chance to overtake Cooch? Or do you think you oh, need, yeah. like, a... Uh, like, Gaudreau's already on fire. Like, I don't see him catching more fire.
0: In fact, he actually just cooled down. He was held without a point against Carolina. Oh, right wow. 11-game point streak. Yep, 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 yep. However, uh, yeah, of course I think he can catch up to Cooch. Uh, if the Flames are the number one team in the NHL and, you know, he's the number one point getter on there, I think I think one of two things has to happen: either Goudreau has to overtake Kucherov in league scoring, right, or the Flames have to be the best team in the NHL, and he just has to be the best uh, point getter on the Flames,
1: right? If the Flames overtake the Lightning, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I also want to say if the Oilers are like as much as we've shat on them last segment, they're mm-hmm. like four points of a playoff spot. If they make the playoffs, Connor McDavid should get a lot of votes because holy shit is that team bad if he doesn't play for them.
0: Yeah, actually that's a good point. I di- I did just give you like a pretty vicious eye roll, but you're right. If the Oilers somehow sneak in, like you can there's 1% person you can tap on the back for that. Totally. It's Connor McDavid. Uh, by the way, Flames fans and actually fans of hockey in general, I don't know if you guys have ever been on the website. It's called McDavidIsTheOilers.com. <laughs> uh it's just a website where when you click it, it shows how much of o- of Edmonton's scoring is uh, credited purely to Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's something like the first like two weeks of the season, it was seriously like 75% of uh. our was directly related to Connor McDavid, and now it's probably like 50 ish.
2: <laughs> this is actually a real website.
0: Is it a sweet or what? More, I don't know, more
2: than half. Wow, okay, we'll tweet it? out 50.69. Oh, nice, man. we'll
1: uh, we'll tweet out a link to that. That's pretty funny, oh, but yeah. Like, think of how many points Gaudreau has scored on this awesome Flames team, and like there's no way he's close to fifty. No, no, no. no. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Yep. They're like McDavid's having a good year. He's just getting no help. Okay. Norris trophy. First place, Mark Giordano. Nice. Number two, Morgan Riley. Number three, Brent Burns.
0: Let's go. Okay. Uh we talked about uh Mark Jet Gi- Mark Jordan Norris. Yeah. So uh
1: I'm nervous about Riley because he is in Toronto and they haven't had a good defenseman since Nom. East Coast bias. But I also think there's a little bit of, like, this is maybe Gio's last run at it. And, like, Riley easily could get a Norris down the road. He's young and he's good. And Mm -hmm. I think Burns already has one. So there might be a little bit of, like, give Gio his. The whole,
0: uh, what's it called? Like, the legacy. Like, however wants to give Drew Brees the MVP. Like,
1: Ron Dane won the Heisman. He wasn't that good. It's, like, the Lifetime Achievement Award because he had, like, four really good seasons. Instead of one really good one. Yeah, anyways.
0: Last year, didn't Drew Doughty win it? on like basically that same thing. It's just like the past five years he's been up for it and just has a 1-1. They're like, okay, fine, take it.
1: I thought Burns maybe won last year.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, Selkie Trophy, Bergeron, Barkov, Mark Stone, no Lindholm.
0: I take offense to that. I think uh, Lindholm is as good, if not better, than all those dudes.
1: Mark Stone's a weird. He got nominated last year, I think, or is at least in the conversation. And like the senators give up a ton of goals.
0: No, I th- I think yeah. I like I, at, to be completely candid. I don't watch a ton of senators hockey. Like sue me. But I, uh,
1: I uh, mistakenly Craig Anderson is my workhorse in fantasy <laughs> hockey. And like they lose five two, but he has forty eight saves. Like they just get <laughs> absolutely shelled. So
0: Can you I, imagine Mark Stone wasn't out there.
1: I guess, like, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of seems weird to me that on a team that gets outshot and outplayed so often that he's like a defensive force out there. That but.
0: actually reminds me, to borrow another crossport reference, when Andre Iguodala won NBA Finals MVP because he just kept LeBron James to 35 points, Limited 10 rebounds, thir- tennis yeah assists. Yeah. Like, un- unbelievable.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Calder Trophy, Pedersen, Dahlin, Heiskinen.
0: Yes, he's good. He is good. Yeah.
1: I think Pedersen's going to win, though, right?
0: Oh, lock. Let it go. Yeah.
1: Lady Bing, Alex Barkov, Morgan Riley, Sean Monahan.
0: Okay, uh I think the Pro Hockey Writers Association I'm I'm going to have to give you some grief here. I think you're mistaking gentlemanly for just boring.
1: Is late <laughs> He is Sean boring. on there. The Lady Bing is traditionally the most points without taking like hardly any penalties yeah, award, Most right?
0: gentlemanly they equate to not taking any penalties.
1: So like playing lots but not yeah. yeah. I don't know how many penalty minutes Monahan has. It's Cody, do you have that?
0: If I can find him,
1: I actually think it's fascinating. Guys like go all year with like one two minute minor and eighty
0: two. Did Rose want a Bing? Did he? Yeah, I thought he won a Bing like maybe two years ago. He's taking a lot of penalties this year, but dude, it's because he's getting slashed all the time. He is getting. He's
2: getting grumpier out there. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Monahan has ten penalty minutes. Okay, ten. That's That's pretty pretty good good. for the
1: amount he plays, and he plays a physical game too.
0: True. Yep. Go Monahan. I.
1: Barkov, I think, is really good at this. Mm-hmm. I think he was like a nominee last year as well. Yeah. Morgan Riley's interesting. Not many defensemen win the Lady Bing, but I guess if you're playing 26 minutes instead of 20 minutes and taking not that none no penalties, like yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, go Monahan. Love it. Uh Vesna, John Gibson, Marc Andre Fleury, Freddie Anderson. John uh, Gibson on like a pretty crappy ducks team?
0: Uh no, John Gibson. they were in first place in the Pacific until like two months ago. Even better than the Flames because John Gibson would just let in one goal every night.
1: But he's he's in free fall. Like haven't they lost like yeah now, 13 now they're and now 14?
0: they're terrible. But John Gibson is like playing his bag off. He's the least of their worries.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think we have a Vesna candidate. Yeah,
0: I don't think Mike Smith's gonna win a Vezna oh. anytime soon. So and
1: Riddick won't have enough games played. True. Uh, kind of surprised Vasilevsky's not on there.
0: Yeah, he was. Was he hurt for a bit? Uh, I don't know.
1: Like if you're re- if his record at the end of the year is like forty five ten and two yeah. like that that's a pretty good season true Jack Adams uh, number one Barry Trotz New York Islanders mm-hmm. number two Bill Peters and number three John Cooper Tampa Bay Lightning
0: yeah I think uh, we touched on this last week yeah I think it's Barry Trotz to lose purely because coaching awards historically are we thought you were shitty yeah you're good this year well done yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh, I kind of agree, but I also think the Islanders have the potential for the bottom to fall out. Mm-hmm. Like, if, let's say the Flames win the Pacific and the Islanders stumble down the stretch and make the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. Like, that division's super competitive.
0: I certainly agree that it's probably th- the most tenuous one.
1: I think that's like a backdoor, like, Bill Peters could get in there. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Like, especially if we win the West. Like, let's say the Flames, like, we beat out Winnipeg and Nashville, number one seed. Is it really going to give the Jack Adams to like a wild card team in the East? I don't know.
0: I want to make it clear all this stuff is like very susceptible to change. There's a lot of hockey left. Yeah. But, uh, if we're doing this on like at midseason, who is the best coach? Like, yeah, it's obviously Barry Trotz.
1: Uh, GM of the year. Mm-hmm. Number one, Brad Tree Living.
0: Brad Light. It's Brad Light Tree Living, buddy.
1: Number two, Doug Wilson, San Jose. Yep. And number three, Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no beefs there. Sounds about right. I mean, Lou... The Doug Wilson one is kind of weird to me. I mean, but they, do you get an award for trading for Eric Carlson? Like, congratulations, he's great.
1: They traded for Vander Kane, re-signed him to like a pretty good deal. Uh huh. Like, think of all the dudes that they have on their team making more than like $6 million. It's like Velasik, Burns, Carlson, Pavelski, Thornton, Couture. Like, fitting all of that under the cap, Martin Jones is probably making four and
0: a bit. Probably got a real contract, yeah.
1: Like I think there's some value there. Like that's good sure. GMing. Yeah, okay. I'd actually disagree with Lamorello. He's you had Tavares, you just let him walk for nothing.
0: Yeah, Sh- I guess. Shouldn't you try it? The GM of the Year award is kind of weird.
1: I'm not even I sure mean, if that's you, a real award to be honest. It might just be a hockey writer's one.
0: Yeah. Do you get some love for like bringing in Barry Trotz? Right.
1: Is that the GM's job? The GM hire the coach? I think so. right well, well if that's the case, then totally. Yeah. That's a huge get because he was. Like he won the Stanley Cup last year, and was well regarded before then as like yeah, a very dude. good hockey coach. He was yeah. co- the only coach the Predators ever had,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. If that, that that was a huge hire for the Islanders, I will admit that. the uh, The Rod Langway Award again. I am not sure if this is a real <laughs> award, or maybe it's just the hockey writers <laughs> give it out. Rod. But uh, defenseman who best excels in the defensive aspect of the game. Number one, Matthias Ekholm. Okay. Number two, Mark Giordano. Number three, Victor Hedman. I think that's a pretty big nod to Geo, whether he wins or not. That you're nominated for the Norris, which in recent years has become best offensive defenseman, right? Yeah, like we're seeing, like like Carlson won it, PK Subban won it.
0: Like They're, they put a lot of weight on scoring. Being, yeah, uh, yeah, on being an offensive defenseman.
1: But like Ekholm probably has like thirty-five points, and mm-hmm. so for Geo to have base for Gio to have his offensive game and defensive game, both recognized by nominations. I, I think, think he's
0: the best all around player in the NHL. He
1: plays a 200 foot game.
0: Yep. Truly
1: the guy's a horse.
0: That's my captain. I'm crying right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyways, I guess, uh, just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Get the flame, get flames fans excited for the awards banquet. Yep. when We collect our, you know, con Smythe and the Stanley cup and, and, and the, the president's heart. trophy. Yeah. There might actually be more hardware up there than you think.
0: What a year that would be. Holy cow. Uh, that's great. Uh, one thing I want to touch on just before we leave. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever looked up Daryl Cates. I forgot to mention it last segment, but he looks like Dustin Hoffman is trying to dress up like Bono. Now that you've heard that, you can't unsee it. We'll see if we can like tweet out a picture or an Instagram or something. But like, honest to God, he looks like Dustin Hoffman dressing up as Bono.
1: I can't even picture Daryl Cates, but I just, it makes me think of his kid. I think his name is Hunter Cates. And he's with him everywhere. Just standing in the background, like his hair not combed. his kid's probably like 17. But it's like, opening new Rexall, Hunter Cates is there. Like, we drafted Connor McDavid. Hunter Cates is right there. It's like, this kid is literally (laughs) everywhere. Seriously, look like Google Daryl Cates and like in the background, you see this kind of like dirty blonde haired kid, like looking confused. Like, why am I here?
0: That's like the Islanders owner. What was his name? Wong? Jeffrey Wong? Jeff-
1: yeah. Wa, yeah. maybe?
0: No, 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 no. He's an Asian dude.
1: That's what I mean. Wa. Is like, it Wa? It might be oh, anyways. Ma?
0: Yeah, whatever. Wow. I don't know. If, did we just, I don't know.
1: Where, where, where are you going with this?
0: I was just going to say his kid is like always there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else? Like, yes. subscribe, follow?
1: Yeah, all those things.
0: Yeah, please do. Uh, and again, look out for this graphic today because uh, this podcast will make a lot more <laughs> sense if you, if you watched it or looked at it. Uh, thanks for listening. This is